Hi, I'm Ryan Flaherty, Nike's Senior Director of Performance. For two years, I've been making this podcast, talking to experts in every aspect of training, both mental and physical. This season, with all of our lives turned upside down by the coronavirus, I'm calling up some of those same experts, and ones you haven't heard from yet, to find out how they're staying strong while staying home, and how we can do the same. You're listening to Trained at Home. No matter how bad it sucks, no matter how bad it hurts, it's going to come to an end. And so if you can realize that when you're in like the worst, lowest part of where you're at, like this is going to come to an end, it's going to be okay, like, and I'm going to be on the other side of it, then I have to deal with how I acted during that moment. That was CrossFit legend Josh Bridges talking about how his willpower and fortitude are helping him cope with the current crisis. The statement has real weight coming from Josh, who's been through a lot more than your average athlete. As a Navy SEAL, he saw combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. In fact, he competed in his first few CrossFit games in between deployments. He earned fans around the world by putting every bit of his heart into every single event. In his more recent appearances at the games, Josh has shown another kind of grit. Now well into his mid-30s, he's usually been the oldest and shortest in standard competition. But that's only fueled his competitive fire. Today on the show, he'll talk about how his never-quit mentality is helping him find ways to thrive in everyday life, with no CrossFit events in sight. He might even share some at-home workout tips from his famous home gym. So let's get to it. Hey Josh, how you doing, man? Thanks for uh, taking the time today. Yeah, good, man. Nice to meet you. Where are you recording from? Uh, just my living room. Just so you know, I might have the some dogs in the background barking a little bit. The mailman comes, and so she likes to scare <laughs> him away. All good, man. We're at we're at home, so no no worries. So for these trained at home episodes, we're we're kind of starting off every interview by talking just about what what's on obviously everyone's mind. You know, the circumstance we're all kind of in right now with COVID nineteen. And so, what for you with all the changes has the last few weeks looked like? I, I've always been a stay-at-home kind of guy, so yeah. this isn't a huge, drastic lifestyle change for me, like some people it probably is. What about for the kids, though? Is there is there been any challenges in kind of keeping them occupied? Obviously, they, they're not able to leave or go to school. or Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're upset that they're not having to go to school, but they do, they, they do miss their buddies and stuff like that, so... I have a uh, you know a decent sized backyard actually for San Diego, and so I have a little bit of grass, and we can actually take infield, and I'll take them around the block rollerblading and stuff like that, and so getting them out of the house and actually letting them be active, and instead of just obviously sitting here watching TV all day being zombies, so that's been that's been fun, and it's and it's good for me because it forces me to get what I need to get done in the gym, and then uh, allowing them to have some fun too. So you have two kids. How, how old are they? Nine and seven. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of parents during this time, they're all kind of becoming de facto sports coaches in a way now, you know, yeah, and I know yeah. for you, that's something you've done with your kids, but how have you managed to stay grounded and positive when working with your kids right now? How, how have you kind of helped them with their mindsets during this shift? You know, just kind of letting them know like what what's happening and that, uh, you know, this isn't the end of the world. This is something that everyone in the world is dealing with right now, but it's not the end of it and it's going to pass. Just like anything, you know, we'll get through this and the sun's going to come up tomorrow kind of thing. You know, like this thing's got a stranglehold on the world right now. And it's, it's, it's really crazy to see. I mean, we're definitely, this is going to be probably put in like the history books for our kids, kids that they're learning about. 
I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. And so, you know, I appreciate you kind of answering some of those questions about kind of this, this shift, but I do want to get to some of the questions I would have for you, no matter what time or, you know, circumstance we're kind of in. And, and one of them is, you know, I've been a fan of yours from afar. I love the way you approach your sport, your craft. And a lot of that's just your competitive spirit. And I, I've heard you talk about, you know, what's your mindset as an athlete. And, and obviously there's, there's a lot that you've taken from not just your sport, but also being a former Navy SEAL. I mean, I, when it comes to your mindset, your competitive spirit, your passion, perseverance, did that start when you became a SEAL? Was that something you've developed as a young person? I like to say that my mindset came from wrestling, my wrestling coach from high school. He was a phenomenal coach. He was a big mentor of mine. And that wrestling mindset, go, 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 like work, 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 never quit. Um, I've always hated to lose in sports as well. You know, like I had an older brother and I, I very competitive. All we did growing up was play sports. You know, we were always outside, like always wanting to be the best. And um, I think when you have that drive, right, when you always want to be the best, the work ethic, you know, it has to be there, right? You're willing to work more than if you're not competitive, if you, if you don't care if you win or lose. So, and then when it came to wrestling, that wrestling mindset, it was just that that daily grind of, you know, your coach was always like, be the first person to show up, the last person to leave and put in the work and head down and grind kind of attitude. And so that has a big play in wh where my mindset came from. And then as I got older, I, I left college and then didn't have that like competitive thing that I needed in my life. And so I was in the business world doing mortgages and it was awful and I hated it. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, you know, when I chose to go into the Navy, yeah, it was just like, that also like helps me mentally be like, I don't want to ever go back to being in a cubicle. It's not where I want to be mm. in, in my life. And so gaining perspective like that, I think really helps a person have a mindset where it's like, there is no quit. There's no, cause I know what I'm going back to if I do. But what for you was the bit had the biggest kind of crossover from what you developed as a SEAL to what you carry on in life, especially as like a CrossFit athlete? What were some of the big, the tenets and the concepts that you, you really felt like helped you? You know, I think mentally it was the, just knowing that whatever it is that we're in is going to come to an end. We had some really great mentors. They would bring in these master chiefs that would come and talk to you and give you just words of advice that would help you mentally get through the training, right? The BUDS basic underwater demolition seal training, which is the, the initial training you go through to become a seal. It's such a difficult time and it has such a high attrition rate. So we had some really great mentors and these, a couple big things that stuck in my mind were like, whatever it is that they're doing, no matter how bad it sucks, no matter how bad it hurts, it's going to come to an end. And so mm. if you can realize that when you're in like the worst, lowest part of where you're at, like this is going to come to an end, it's going to be okay. Like, and I'm going to be on the other side of it. Then I have to deal with how I acted during that moment, you know? And then, and then also just like knowing that it's not about you, it's about, there's always a bigger purpose than just yourself. Right. And so not making about you and making it about everyone else, it, it can help as well. I think just thinking about a workout, right? When a workout gets tough, it's easier for you to, to be like, when you're feeling really low, to cheer someone else on than you are to be like, than to like cheer yourself on, right? And so if you can do that, right? Like step outside of yourself and, and look at other people, it, it actually will help you mentally as well. So those are just a couple of things. Absolutely, man. I love that concept of service. You know, when you feel like you can't help yourself, you can always help somebody else. And then in turn, somehow that's going to impact you in a really positive way. I love that. Yeah. Really cool. You know, I played baseball and wrestling growing up, right? Wrestling is an individual sport. And so it's all you out there. It's a little harder to understand that. But I obviously, when I went into the military, 
it really became apparent, you know, like it's not just about me, it's about the people around mm-hmm. me. And so how do you motivate yourself and find that when you're, when you're in your gym, home gym, kind of training with yourself right now in that way? You know, it's tough. It's, a, it's definitely yeah. got to be come from internal, right? Like that's where you really learn if you really want to be there or not. If you can go outside in your garage and, and basically go against the clock or go against a weight with no one there watching, like that's where your champions are made. And if all of your motivators are external, you'll really find out that, you know, you probably don't want to be there. And, it's, and that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. For me, when I go into a garage, like that's my favorite time. I, I love working out with mm. people too as well. Don't get me wrong, but like, in the garage by myself when I'm working out, like that's where I can actually like gain confidence when I can actually go out and push in those moments. If I can't do it when I'm by myself in my garage, like for me is a huge thing. I feel like that's where you can gain that confidence and like know that like you can push into some dark, dark places. And totally, it's, yeah. it's going to be great for you mentally. I've actually heard that from athletes like Kobe Bryant talks about this in his book about the the lonely work, the work that you do when no one else is watching is the work you call on when you're in the biggest moments that you you remind yourself of, of what you're capable of when, yeah, like the adrenaline isn't there, when the crowds aren't there, that you're able to tap into something deeper than other people can, given that you're able to go to those places alone, you know, and like tap into right. that in, internal motivation, which is yeah. driving you. One thing I want to ask you is, is a lot of athletes I talk to, you know, some of the top, top level athletes, I, they all talk about this deep kind of sense of purpose, this idea that they're able to call on something deeper than themselves. It's something you, you've mentioned quite a few times and you kind of reference a service, but can you talk a little bit like what is driving you these days? You know, obviously you've created quite career for yourself. It's been incredible to watch, but what for you is driving that? Like, what is your deep sense of purpose? I always go to like, I've always wanted to be, I wanted to find the best version of myself. Right. And so whatever that is and whatever I'm putting myself into, I always try to go get to the top level of it. And so for me, like CrossFit, I just fell in love with it. I fell with in love with, I think it had a lot to do with like the transition from uh, wrestling, you know, like it's sure. such a, it's an intense, short type of workout. And it's like, and exactly, it's like this mental battle with yourself of, can I push it when I, when I don't really want to anymore? And, and what is my, what is my body's limitations and can I go past them? And so for me, that's always been my drive is just like, I want to find what my body's limits are and I want to yeah. see if I can get past them. So for me, that's been huge, you know, and then as I gotten older, it's changed. And now I, I want to see my, show my kids that whatever you want to do in life, you're able to do with, with enough hard work. I've worked with athletes for a long time. And when, every time I talk to them about that point where you reach, where you're at that limit and you feel like your internal dialogue is telling you all the alarms are going off, you know, like it's like, <laughs> a, like just stop. Like you're, you're like, I'm tired. It's like enough. Do you have anything that you tell yourself to get through those moments? Like when it's really getting tough that you kind of remind yourself, repeat to yourself, any language you use that kind of get you through those times? Yeah. I mean, I, I use a few different ones. One's just like, just do one more rep. Just do one more mm. rep, you know, like you got one more in you. Just take one more step, 10 more seconds, whatever it is. It's always like shorter goals instead of like thinking about the whole entire thing of what I have to do. So you can always do one more rep. And so if you do that and then you just do it again and again and again and over and over again, it's just one more, just one more, just one more. That's been a huge uh, play for me. And then, and then another one is when it starts to get really, really bad, when it starts to hurt, like I try to push back at it instead of like mm. – allowing it to defeat me, like that pain that I'm feeling, I'm like, no, push back at the pain, like go harder and see if like you can get past it. 
I love the way you put that. One of the things that's interesting is kind of when you look at your whole life, I mean, going from from wrestling, which is super mind over matter sport, obviously, you know, wrestling, you push your body to the limits, especially in high school, which is not normal for most high school kids, you know, who don't wrestle other sports. You don't experience that as much going into, you know, the seals, obviously, which is the apex of the pinnacle of it. And then going into CrossFit, obviously, which in professional sports world, you don't get very many sports, you know, where that's the case where you're pushing your body to the absolute limits. At what point did you feel like you really learned that concept of like the mind over matter? It's always later in life when you like look back and you're like, mm. oh man, I can't believe I did that. You know, because again, you're right. Like it's all mental. It's mentally like your body, your mind will tell you to stop before your body would. If you can learn to shut your mind off, then you're good, right? It's like, mm, yeah. and people always ask me like, what are you thinking about when it gets really, really hard? And like in my best workouts, when I do the best I literally have no thoughts. You don't even hear anything. And it's, uh, mm. and like, you know, when you're there, but like when you get out of it, you're like, oh, yeah, I got there. And that was good. That felt good. You know, when I was in the military and I was doing a workup, so we do have this 18 month workup to be, to, to deploy. It was in 2011, my first year competing. And I remember asking my chief if, like, hey, our schedule kind of lines up to where I'm not going to miss very much training if I can go do this competition, he's like, says yes, but I still had to do my training for it. Right. And like workups are hard. Like they're they're brutal. I mean, it's like, it's very physical. So, but then for CrossFit, you have to work on very specific things. And so we would be doing like three hour immediate action drills in the desert in, you know, body armor, carrying a hundred pounds of gear. And you would do like three different iterations of that, but then you would get like two hour breaks in between And like when everyone else would go eat some food or go take a nap and those two hour periods getting ready for the next one, like I would literally go into the gym and work out. And I like, I think back on it now and I'm like, how the hell did I do that? How the hell did I do that? (laughs) You know, like I have no idea how I got through that. Um, I had that mindset where I was like, it didn't matter. Like, this is what I need to do and I'm going to go do it. So when did CrossFit come into the picture? Talk to us about your process of like when you started to really feel like you wanted to, to compete, like get to that level. I started CrossFit in 2005. I was a loan officer, you know, not very happy. I wasn't even really, I was working out very little. I was done with wrestling, got really out of shape. And then this guy came in and he's like at one of the mortgage companies I worked for. He's like, oh man, I want to go be a Navy SEAL. And this is how these guys work out. They do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And so this was literally just a fitness modality. And so I was like, okay, yeah, let me check it out. It it looks kind of cool. I like kind of looked at CrossFit.com and and so I started doing it in January of 2005. After obviously like a week, I was like, this is awesome. I love it. <laughs> I'm 100% in on this. Like, this is awesome. A couple months later, I was like, yeah, I think going to be a Navy SEAL would be pretty cool too. So I started doing research on that, reading a couple of books, and then, you know, gave myself some time to train to go into the military and basically just stay cross it the whole way through. Once they started doing competitions in 2007, I kind of kept an eye on it because it was I was seeing names that I I talked to some of these people um, because CrossFit had a, a a comment section on their workouts and there was very few people who put up like really crazy scores, but like I would put my scores in there and like people would like call me out and be like, oh, that's you know bullcrap. You can't do stuff that fast. <laughs> and so, like when I was like, whatever. And, and I'm like, man, oh, that would have been pretty cool to go and win the CrossFit Games, you know, like just because I thought it was such a, I loved, I loved it. And the reason I loved it so much was because there was a competitive side to it. Yeah. And so I just kind of kept following it early in my Navy career. Like uh, I couldn't compete like in 07, obviously I was in boot camp and 
And then in 08, I'm in Buds, and so I'm not able to to compete yeah, at the no CrossFit chance. Games. Yeah, that's so a- yeah, so like I mean, there's, there's no there's no <laughs> options there. And then, you know, 09, I'm doing my first workup with my first platoon, and then in 10, I was deployed, and then 11, we get our schedule for our workup, and I'm like, and I'm like looking at the dates, and I'm like, oh man, like I think I can do, I think I can line this up to where I can compete, and so, and I went to my chief and I asked him, and I was like, hey, do you think it's okay if I? Uh, you know, give this a go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to miss two days of this training right here. And that's really it. And he goes, what's your Fran time? Like he didn't really know a lot about CrossFit, but he knew like, you know, the Fran's like the yeah, Fran right. standard. <clears throat> and I told him, I was like, oh, I was a two or two. He's like, okay, yeah, you can give it a shot. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, for people who don't know what that workout means or why that time is so impressive, can you kind of explain that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like everyone now has about a two minute. Like, if you're uh, highly competitive, it's like a. Two I was about to say, not like, everybody. It's not really, I feel like yeah, mine's yeah, like seven. But, uh, so. but if you're like uh, like a <laughs> games competitor, yeah, like a two or two friends, not really anything special anymore. But um, back in the day when I did it, it was you know fast, and so it's uh, it's you do twenty one uh, thrusters at ninety five pounds, which a thruster is a, a front squat with a press at the top, and then you do twenty one pull ups. And then you do 15 thrusters at 95 pounds, 15 pull-ups, nine thrusters, nine pull-ups. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing it and you're doing it for speed like that, it's your heart feels like it's about to explode. So Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really cool. And that was like I knew 12, I wasn't probably gonna be able to go because I was gonna be I was supposed to be deployed and I ended up getting injured on deployment and coming home. And after that, once I got injured, at that point. I went into an instructor role and with an instructor role, you still work a lot, but you have a lot more leeway. And so that was basically what allowed me to continue to compete while I was still in the military. You've talked before about people kind of underestimating you because of your height and now, you know, because of your age, like there's so many young kids getting into CrossFit nowadays. And so for you, is there a strategic advantage to you seeing yourself as a bit of an underdog? I mean, I've always considered myself an underdog. I don't think I've ever like looked at myself and be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm the favorite, right? I, and I've always loved the underdog stories too. And so I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother me. I get motivation from people doubting me and saying yeah. that I can't do something. And so, you know, when you're five, five and, and everyone loves the big guys, everyone's like, oh, so infatuated by the big guys. And it's so for mm-hmm. me, it's like taking them down is such motivation and being like, <laughs> yeah, that. it's huge for me. And so it's not like a main driving factor, but I do love it. It does feel good. That's for sure. We're going to take a quick pause, but when we come back, Josh will break down his approach to fitness, everything from how he structures his workouts to how he recovers after a day in the gym. If you're enjoying this episode of Trained, here's some good news. You'll find more wellness expertise every day on the Nike Training Club app. And in regions where NTC Premium is available, that's free now too. A good place to start is the new Ignite and Inspire program by Nike Master Trainer Kirsty Godso. It combines fast-paced cardio with foundational strength exercises, so it's great for getting after it from home, no matter what level you're at. Even if you don't have a pair of dumbbells, Kirsty will coach you through it with bodyweight-only modifications. And NTC Premium has more than workouts. You'll also find in-depth guidance on mindset, recovery, sleep, and nutrition, including 36 new recipes created with your performance in mind. To get started, just download NTC from your app store of choice. If you already have it, you can start training as soon as this episode's over. Why do you think it is that you've had such longevity in the sport? You know, I've definitely been very open to 
you know, recovery. I feel like recovery is a huge aspect of CrossFit. It's basically, I learned, I feel like I learned pretty quickly that if I'm going to do well at this sport, I have to be able to recover just as hard as I am able to push myself. And so I didn't just do the normal standard like, oh, I'm just going to stretch and I'll be fine. You know, like, no, it's like, I'm, I'm going to take care of my body. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get acupuncture. I'm going to get cupping. I'm going to get massages. I'm going to do hyperbaric chambers. I'm going to do um, compression. I'm going to do research to see what is out there that I'm able to do to try to help my body recover faster and so I can stay in the game longer. That is a big aspect. I feel like why I'm you know, still able to compete. And yeah, I've had my injuries and I've had my things because sometimes I'm not smart enough to realize, hey, maybe you should back <laughs> off today. But um uh, that attributes to, you know, why I can push myself the way I can though too. So what modalities are you using today that you feel like are really helpful and beneficial for you? One of the biggest things right now for is sauna. Like I've been doing a ton of sauna lately. I do like 20 minutes at like 180 to 200 degrees almost every single night. And, uh, that's been huge. I, it's not the most enjoyable 20 minutes of my life. I'll tell you that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been using saunas too. First of all, I do it at night, same as you. And I, I notice a difference. I sleep better. I've definitely seen some benefits from it. I've been getting acupuncture for, gosh, since 2011, and I think that's a huge game changer, cupping. Okay, real quick, we talked about the physical. Do you do anything from a mental recovery standpoint? Do you meditate? Do you do focused breathing drills? Anything? Do you do anything like that? You know, for me, I sit in an ice bath, which is a little bit more of like meditation. I don't know if it has a ton of like physical recovery from it because I only sit in for like four minutes, but I sit like neck deep. The one thing that I hated in buds was every, everyone has their Achilles heel in buds, right? It's either the runs or swims or it's the cold water. And for me, it was always the cold water. Whenever we had to go lay, it's called surf torture. We'd lay in the surf surf zone. And as you know, because you're from San Diego, you know, the water is not really that warm no. here ever. When we'd have to do that, we'd have to lay in the, the, the surf zone for probably like 30 minutes, but, uh, I would find the two biggest guys and I would just like, be like, hold me close, you know, like you let me yeah. keep your body heat next to me. And so now for me mentally, it's like, that's why I have this cold tub set up outside my house. I'm like, every morning I wake up and I go straight to it. And it's like, it literally sits at probably like 34 degrees where I have to break the ice on the top layer. And then I get into it for four minutes of breathing and and for me, mentally, that's like, hey, I'm winning, right? Every morning I get up and I'm not going to let this cold water beat me, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and if I can do that, then the rest of the day is going to be cakewalk. Okay, switching gears for a second. You're famous for your home gym. Can you just walk us through what your setup is like? Yeah, so I have a three-car detached garage in the back, which is fantastic. So it's not even close to the house, so I can work out whenever uh, I want. Cool. You know, I don't have to worry about waking anybody up or the kids or anything like that. And so I kind of had it set up to where two people can be working out at the same time, like doing the same workout, you know. And so Mm -hmm. two bike ergs, two rowers, two ski ergs. Um, I only have one true form runner, uh, a rope, plenty of weights and barbells for everyone. (laughs) Uh, And a lot of dumbbells. I have dumbbells, you know, from like 10s up through like 125s. I think dumbbells are a huge piece of equipment that, could be utilized more, I guess. Yeah. So I love dumbbells, some sandbags. I got a bunch of sandbags for everyone. And then some sleds for sled pushes. And I have a, 
basically it's like a hundred feet of concrete so I can do sled pushes and stuff like that outside. Hey, I want to get into a little bit of the weeds with obviously, you know, giving some people back home who want to hear from you some value around getting into your, your training and what you're, what you're working on right now. You, you've been sharing workouts every day, like through social media, which has been awesome in this time of year right now. What are you really targeting when it comes to like energy systems or strength abilities? Like what are you kind of focused on right now? If you could get into that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for me, it's like, it's different, right? Because I, I haven't qualified for this year's games. I don't I don't even know if there's going to be a games this year. And so kind of starting to adjust. I'm still coming off like rehabilitation, right? I'm still rehabbing my elbow a little bit and kind of still like teetering with the with the knee. So I, for my knee, I had an, a high tibia osteotomy. And so oh, yeah. that's where they literally like, I don't know if you know, but what they do is they basically break your leg and realign your joint because yeah. my joint was misaligned. And so it's kind of a drastic uh, surgery it was tough first six weeks where you're like non weight bearing whatsoever. You know, now I'm, I'm starting to push my running again, starting to like gain some more volume on that. That was the biggest part for me is like, I couldn't run prior to my knee surgery. Like, cause I was having mm-hmm. a ton of, I had some joint narrowing on my medial side. And so, um, that's really helped alleviate that. And so I can actually run again without pain, uh, still kind of coming back with strength for, especially my mm-hmm. leg strength. Um, and then now upper body strength because of the elbow surgery, that's kind of been, I'm having to work on that as well, like still doing a lot of actually um, single arm stuff to gain like that strength back in the in the joints and the muscles that have been basically shut off. But man, like the volume starting to kind of pick back up, which is feeling good. It's that little give and take where I know I'm 36. So it's like I can't do what I used to be able to do still, but I still and I have to be able to recover more. Um, yeah. But still wanting to push and having that intensity in some of the workouts. And so I'm just really having fun still. Because I know that 2020, if I made it to the games, that was going to be, it was a long shot. And it wasn't like, this is the end goal. I, I got to get back to the games 2020. Like, I still have 2021, you know, like, I want to get back, but I also want to do it where I don't re-injure myself too soon. Totally. And then, like, do it the right and way, then yeah. Just yeah. cancel it. So, you know, still having that, riding that fine line of pushing, but not going crazy yet. Coming off injuries, that's the hardest part for a lot of people is just trusting yourself again, yeah. right? Because... The fear response signal that your brain's sending you. Of, like, yeah, yeah, right. Your brain's, is, is brain's like, hey, man, you know that you just got you just got surgery, so you should pay yeah. me chill out. <laughs> Great. Well, one of the things I was going to ask you is because I deal with this with a lot of athletes. You know, we're always immortal until we get injured, and then uh, you know, and especially in the athlete world. It really causes, especially some young athletes who have never had big injuries before, to really go, "Wow!" Like I. I heard everyone talk to me about this whole preventative work that I just let go and forgot about. And then now I'm recognizing, wow, I wish I would have done this prior to getting hurt. Is there anything that you're doing through rehab right now where you're remembering like, man, I should have kept doing this, like any type of core work or any elbow stuff you're doing or knee stability kind of work that you just wish you would have kept doing or remembered? Yeah, for sure. Like there's all, all, it's all just a little accessory stuff, right? It's all like, those are like the things that you just like neglect them because it's like, I don't need to do that. Like that's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like that's like that little section after your real workouts. Like, uh, coach kind of just throws it on there to like, yeah, if you mm-hmm. want to do this, those little like working those stabilizer muscles, and I'm so, I'm doing a lot of like uh, banded leg curls for hamstrings because I feel like my hamstrings are always a weak point for me, and so using bands for leg curls, I'll do a lot of terminal knee extensions for quads because my VMO. I don't have an MCL still on my left knee that I had my knee surgery on this year. I basically don't have any ligaments except for the LCL. But but so my VMO is like the thing that doesn't want to fire. And so uh, doing some terminal knee extensions, which is basically I have a band coming off a pole 
and it's wrapped around my leg and I basically just stand straight up on my leg, extend my, mm-hmm. extend my leg fully. And it really gets a good quad VMO pump. I do a lot of uh, single arm dumbbell strict press and I do a, a lot of single arm bench press where it's just one side because it's my left, my left side just feels so weak from the elbow surgery. And I'm doing a lot of um, single arm lat pull downs on my left side to get that left you know, bicep and lat really firing again from the elbow surgery. So for me, it was always like the big movements. Let's just do the big movements and then we can, then we're good. If I get stronger at the big movements, that's all I really care about. And to get really strong at those, like you got to do the accessory stuff. And that's, if I could go back, like I would definitely do that more. And now it's like, it's crazy how much of part of my workout that is now. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do one or two big workouts, but then I'm going to do a lot of accessory Quick question for me personally, you and I are the same age, so uh, I can uh, relate to everything you're talking about in terms of body and mind feels 26, body feels 45, <laughs> you know, um, right. but I think where I'm at in my, in my life and training, you know, I've kind of got sh- gone over that point of competitive to more just like thinking now longevity and just kind of maintaining strength and no pain and just feeling good um, with what I do. But for me in my training program, like I can never not deadlift. I love benching and I love pull-ups. Those three things, like I'll try to do them until I'm a hundred years old is, is my goal right. for you. Yeah. What, what are the core movements in your programming that you just feel like you're going to want to do those forever? Those are going to be the exercises that you'll always have in your workout. I'm not with you on deadlifts, but <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but uh, I love running, man. And like, I couldn't do it for like a year. Basically I couldn't run. And it was just, it sucked a lot. And so like for me now, it's like exactly like I want my knee to be healthy enough to where I can run for the rest of my life and maybe not at the paces or for the distance, but like if I want to go out and I want to go on a, a trail run. I want to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I'll never stop doing pull-ups. I love pull-ups too, actually. And push-ups, you know, and yeah. bench. I love bench too. I've been benching since like, I think bench was like the first like movement I think I ever, I didn't even like before squatting, before anything, I was like, totally. It's a high, we had it's a high bench. school, man. It's yeah, that's yeah, what you do. Right? You bench. <laughs> you remember? You can, yeah, I still remember the first time I got to put forty fives on for the first time. Yeah. You know, it was like <laughs> huge moment in my life uh, for sure. Yeah, it, totally remember yeah. that day. That's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, those those would probably be it. How how do you structure your week? So if you were to just give us like a Monday through Sunday, ge- generally speaking, it doesn't need to be super specific, but just overview concept wise, it's not a super super structured. I kind of go based on feel how my body's feeling, but like Monday through Wednesday is typically pretty high volume. Thursday is going to be a very, very low, low volume. If not right now, a complete recovery day. Friday, Saturday, again, you're going to pick the pace back up. For me, it's going to be higher volume. It's going to be a lot more workouts than Mondays. Typically, again, it's going to be lower volume day, if not a full recovery day now. Yeah, well, you you bring up a good point. There's a lot of data out there right now looking at like just waking up going to the gym, feeling how you feel, and then pushing your body based on how you're feeling that day. And there's a ton of data to show that that's a great way to push yourself and to see results by, you know, just whatever weight feels good for eight reps that day. Just don't pay attention to that as much as you do based on just, just how you're feeling. I've been actually taking that approach myself and the, my strength gains and the improvement I've been seeing in the gym have been pretty similar to what I have had in the past when I've stuck straight to a very detailed program. Yeah, exactly. Because so for me, it's always been like, well, how, what's my body telling me? If my body's telling me I can go, hey, if the pan's hot, let's cook, right? You know, so <laughs> let's do this. And um, I, and I think that's been a, a, another thing, a reason why like I've been able to last as long as I have is because I'm I, I am very body aware, and I see like there are times when you should push when it's 
when it's not feeling that great just to see if you can push yourself or maybe you're just kind of being mentally weak a little bit. And if you still, if you get into it and you're like, ah, no, it's not there today, then you back off, right? And so it's definitely a way I've trained pretty much my whole life. Yeah, no, it's super smart, man. I love that. Where are you at right now in terms of for yourself over the next couple of years, three, four years? Like what, what are your goals within CrossFit? I'm keeping my goals, you know, short, short term right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Being, being older, um, you know, like uh, coming off last year, I had two surgeries. I had a knee surgery and an elbow surgery. And so knees feeling amazing. The elbow surgery was in November. So it really hasn't been like a crazy amount of time. And it's, it's, it's coming along, you know, right now it's just kind of taking it a year at a time. And if I still feel like I'm capable of, you know, going to the CrossFit games and I'm going to do that. And if I, then I don't, then I'll figure something else out. You know, I, um, well, I started a coffee company, good dudes coffee. And so, uh, really working a lot on that. And that's, that's been a lot of fun because coffee has been a huge passion for me. Like I said earlier, anything I do, yeah. I want to go pro at. Right. And so <laughs> I love it. immediately like the story of how I got into coffee is kind of funny. So I'm on my second deployment in Iraq and that was when I really got into coffee and I started like ordering like good beans from third wave coffee, like small companies that make really good coffee. And uh, I'm having it sent over to Iraq and it had the word green next to the stuff I wanted to get. I didn't know what that meant. And so literally I get like a couple hundred bucks worth of green coffee beans coming to me in Iraq and I open it up. I'm like, oh, and then I realized like this is unroasted coffee is what this is. And so <laughs> I was like, well, well what am I going to do? I, uh, I ordered a coffee roaster and I had it shipped over there and I started roasting coffee in Iraq. And so that's where, no where my like passion came from for coffee. And so ever since then, like, I just love it. And I've always had a dream of, you know, starting a coffee business. And so that's been a cool, cool adventure. What um, region does your favorite coffee come from? It's Ethiopia, actually. Oh, it is. It's it's so like, it can get so bright and fruity and it's just, man, it's like, (laughs) like literally like it tastes like you're drinking like a cup of blueberry pie. It's crazy. Cool. Hey, I want to get into a little bit of what's your general just nutrition approach? Uh, For me, it's just eat clean. You know, like I know what I agree with and don't agree with. And so I don't count calories, nothing like that. You know, like, yeah, like I eat very, you know, lean meat. And sweet potatoes and greens, you know, and vegetables, leafy green vegetables and a lot of fruit, oranges, blueberries, raspberries, bananas, apples, and avocado. But I know, I know for me, like if I eat a lot of bread or dairy, like that's where I'm typically going to see, like my joints will feel it. Like I'll feel Mm. swollen. I'll feel inflammation in my joints and stuff like that. And so, um, I used to drink a lot of milk. Uh, I miss it a lot. And, uh, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but I don't drink it anymore. And I, and I can't drink almond milk or coconut milk. And it's not that I don't like it. I actually like it, It, but it it still doesn't agree with me. So Josh, just to kind of shift gears a bit, you're famous for having such grit and determination. How would you recommend people find a little of that within themselves right now? You know, doing the things that you don't want to do. Like right now, maybe maybe it's it's easy to get wrapped up of just sitting on the couch and watching TV and popping a beer a little earlier than five o'clock because you know you're not really at work. And so, um, <laughs> you know, take this time right where we uh, you have that extra time that you're always talking about that every person's always talking about. I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. When now it's been given to you. So, you know, take that time to like s- start building routines to where you know that when you go back, you'll you'll still want to keep doing these because. That, they're going to make you feel good, which is, you know, like working out and eating a little healthier and spending more time with your, your family and stuff like, you know, the family that you can be around. So, mm-hmm. you know, set those routines now where you have the time. And then what will happen is, is that your priorities are going to shift, right? And so instead of, oh, I want to watch TV or I want to have a beer, 
your priority is going to be like, no, I got to get my workout in or I got to eat, you know, clean today or whatever it is. And so, you know, set those priorities now when you have the time and then make them a priority when, when things go back to normal. Yeah, we could look at these, this moment as an unprecedented time that's never happened before in our lifetime. Or you could look at it as also an opportunity where we'll never have this time again in our lifetime to be home with family, yeah. not being able to go anywhere. So we're just, we just have that time to be together. You could look at it like that too. And I think there's two filters to kind of place on it that really allow right. you to kind of look at it different. So I, I love the way you put that. What got you interested in providing training and mindset coaching? When did you start doing that? Uh, so I started doing that uh, about a year ago. And the CrossFit community gave me so much, right? The the SEAL community gave me mm-hmm. so much. The, my military, like, like, I feel like I got so much from it, right? And I wanted to just give back. And so this is this is kind of my way of giving back. Like, so my mental program and my physical program, really the main focus that it's for is for people who want to go into the military because I did a ton of work and researched what I needed to do to be physically and mentally ready for that. And so... Now it's like, okay, here's my way of easily giving this back to to every community, either the CrossFit community who people just want to be more mentally strong, however you want to put that, or physically, you know, fit. And so mm-hmm. it feels right to, to give yeah. back to something that's given me so much. Uh, where can people find that? It's on my website at josh-bridges.com. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. I'll have to, when I'm in San Diego, I'll have to hit you up for a workout sometime. For sure. Anytime, man. <laughs> Thanks. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been awesome talking to you. I know everyone listening is going to get a ton out of the conversation. And so just wanted to thank you for taking the time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's a fun, fun conversation. I really love how deep I can go with an athlete like Josh. His mindset, his training style, his diet. Josh takes nothing for granted. It's that attention to detail just as much as his determination that's made him such a force in his sport. Both are going to serve him well right now, and I think they can serve us too. Next week, I'll be calling up Dr. Stephanie Cassiopo, one of the world's leading experts on loneliness. Dr. Steph studies how loneliness affects us mentally and physically, and she believes that during social distancing, it can teach us important lessons about ourselves. If you've enjoyed this episode of Trained, Help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the podcast. That way we can keep making great episodes for you to listen to. And it helps other people find us too. If you've got a question for me or my guests, or a topic you'd like to see covered, email me at trained at nike.com and I'll see what I can do. This has been Trained at Home. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Trained. Just a reminder, always talk with your doctor before starting any training or nutrition program. The information we provide, it's not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. And the individual opinions expressed here are just that, opinions. They shouldn't be taken as fact.